Hey, Power People. Welcome to Renewable Rides, powered by Vector. I'm Gareth Evans, the CEO and founder. And I'm Dan Roberts, head of sales. In each episode, we'll uncover the latest trends, learnings, challenges, and triumphs relating to the energy transition, on-site energy, and sustainability through the experiences of our inspiring guests and team here at Vector. So get ready for an exhilarating adventure into the fast-paced world of challenging limits, adapting purposely, and empowering co-creation to accelerate the energy transition with those that are on a mission to create a more resilient, profitable, sustainable, and thriving energy future. So let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Renewable Rides. And what a wild year 2023 has been. You know, we're coming to the end of it. We're at the back end of December, and Dan and I are here to reflect on what's happened in 2023 and what the trends are for 2024. But we've had a wild six months. We're six months into Renewable Rides. We're 20 episodes or more in, and the feedback has been incredible. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your questions. And uh, yeah, it's highly motivating for Dan and I to continue to produce these. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I've, it's been exciting, humbling, energizing in, in, in all different ways. I think that the, the thing that I've really enjoyed is just the, the caliber of people we've, we've had the fortune of having on so far. And certainly many other great guests lined up as we move into 2024. It's funny. I've had a couple friends reach out and say, Wait, "You're a you're a host of a podcast now." I didn't even know anything about that. And I think the the exciting thing for you and I, and we've talked about this, is just the the learning process and getting comfortable and fielding questions and trying to address those. I think there's so much to be learned in the in the broader energy transition. Uh, I'm just excited that we can bring some some clarity and and knowledge and education and highlight some amazing people in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, uh, should we jump right in? What are a couple of the standout retro items from 2023? What caught your eye? Absolutely. So first and foremost, it's been a really interesting year from an incentives perspective, specifically here in the U.S. as it relates to the Inflation Reduction Act. While the, the Inflation Reduction Act was passed in 2022, we really, in this past year, over 2023, have started to get some of the guidance related to it, namely some of the, the parameters around the beyond the, the kind of base 30% investment tax credit, but what are some of the adders or bonuses that, that can be applied to that? Specifically, getting clarity on the energy community bonus, which is a, which is a statutory bonus, and the low income bonus, which Candidly, when, when it was first announced before the guidance came out, we were we were really gung ho on and, and and excited to to help our our customers capture. But because it's a it's a lottery process, which just had the application window open a couple of weeks, it closed in the last couple of weeks. I'm I'm I guess I shouldn't shouldn't be shocked, but but I'm blown away by the by the amount of interest. So within the the category, which is called category one, other eligible low-income community projects, which is what most of our commercial industrial businesses would fall into. They had only 105 megawatts of capacity to be awarded through the lottery system, yet they had 3,051 megawatts or three, a little over three gigawatts of, of capacity applied for. So 
30 times what they have capacity for, uh, they've received applications for. So I think the, the the guidance as we talk to some of our customers now is it might be there, it might be available, but don't count on it. But the exciting thing is, is many of these projects are penciling without it. Uh, so that that's one of the things that I, really jumped out at me. Yeah. And that's really just a little add of bonus, isn't it? I think that the big takeaway for everyone is there's still 30 or more percent available. If you can get a bit of the low income adder on the back end of that, it's a, it's a bonus, but not a, not a guarantee. No, but the, the, I mean, the takeaway from that is onsite energy is, is, is growing, expanding distributed energy. When you look at 30 times the application capacity that they have, I'm wondering if the regulators are going to look at that and see if they can expand that pie a bit. Only time will tell. The second thing that really jumped out at me is seeing arguably entire industries really adopting this. And, and the, the, the key example of that is in the healthcare industry. So CMS, which is the, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, which is really largely from a healthcare system, the body that they need to comply with in order to get paid for Medicare and Medicaid services, historically had required that healthcare systems that uh, they reimbursed have backup systems that are fossil fuel based. And in 2021, they came out and said that they permitted battery energy storage systems for emergency power. But this year, uh, March 31st, they came out with their, what they call a categorical waiver for uh, healthcare microgrid systems or HCMSs. And what that means is that in their words, HCMSs are small scale electrical grids where the sources of electricity can be provided by clean energy technologies, such as fuel cells, solar, wind, battery energy storage. And this categorical waiver is saying that any new or existing healthcare facilities subject to CMS requirements can utilize these alternate sources of power other than a fossil fuel generator. And so I think that really opens up the opportunity for healthcare systems to adopt these clean energy technologies where they were previously largely uh, required to use fossil fuel systems. And in our customers in the healthcare space and, and others that I've talked to who are all about driving public health, this now starts to drive with their uh, with their overall ethos. So that's an exciting development as well. Yeah, super awesome. And it really helps them uh, move away from the pain that is having a bunch of backup diesel generators set on site and having to be permitted, maintained, tested, started up, bunch of fuel sitting around the site. So if we can uh, offset that, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Well, Gareth, any, any standouts for you in 2023? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest one for me is the you know, I think we did the demystifying solar podcast, which was all around uh, helping people understand the misconceptions around that. We absolutely need to do one on batteries because every time we speak to a customer, they say they're not considering batteries because they're too expensive and people are kind of pulling very old data and uh, listening to trends in the market that are untrue. But just this year alone, battery costs came down 14% and we're at a record low of $139 per kilowatt hour, which was $780 10 years ago. So that's incredible. And I think it really helps unlock the benefits of on-site energy systems. And that kind of rolls us right into what's exciting about 2024. And I genuinely believe that it's going to be a breakout year for on-site and distributed energy systems. I think we've talked about this for many years in the industry. 
And it's been an industry that's had lots of hype around it and never quite delivered. But I think there's lots of reasons why it's going to break out this year, and we'll cover some of them today. But I think uh, more and more customers are feeling the pain of escalating energy costs and outages and need to be more sustainable. Meanwhile, all the macro trends of reducing equipment prices, digital technologies enabling access to these systems, as well as just a real desire to have more control over their own business destiny is uh it's going to make it a super exciting 2024 what's catching your eye down in terms of uh what's going on in the market 2024 yeah as we move into 2024 i mean just based on conversations we're having with folks in the market really there's uh unintended here just the absolute gas pedal on ev deployments and electrification I always find it funny when I'm talking to my kids and and referring to the gas pedal when that's actually no longer going to be a thing. It, it needs to be referred back to as the accelerator. So, so maybe we say the accelerator on uh, on EV deployments and electrification, and and we're really seeing that both consumers adopting, but but really businesses adopting these technologies. We've got a variety of of customers and partners that are that are facilitating that deployment and adopting themselves. And the interesting thing is is some of the challenges that they're running into for getting the appropriate amount of service from their utilities in order to facilitate this large increase in in load to facilitate the charging and also how that plays into the economics and how how distributed energy and on-site systems can both accelerate their adoption by bridging the gap until they can get the service as well as providing lower cost input into uh into the vehicles and into electrification of different equipment yeah i love uh on our team patrick's comment that in the industry right now we're building a lot of cars and we don't have the infrastructure and it's like uh companies producing a bunch of printers with not even thinking about how to provide the ink for the printer to work and that's kind of where we're at and i think uh We've proven in the last few years that EVs are no longer a niche market. You know, technologies are improving, range is growing, and there's more and more models coming into the market all the time. And the adoption is only only going to accelerate. So, super exciting time, and I think that really accelerates the deployment of on-site energy systems at scale for sure. Yeah, it's a completely new paradigm and super exciting. I mean, the 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 reality is. These these vehicles are incredibly high performance. They're not. Uh, they're no longer the 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 vehicles that only the the tree hugging hippies are are driving. These are high performance vehicles, whether they're in uh, in in the consumer space or even the torque needed in in many of the the, the commercial applications. I actually have envisioned in my mind the the clip of the the Cybertruck towing a, a Porsche, and, and and that's pretty pretty wild. So excited to see this this market evolve and develop and and the needs expanding in the in the distributed energy space yeah and i think uh something that actually really supports that is the concept of these uh retail media networks and i think uh, fuel stations in the traditional form have really adopted these in the last few years you know while we're stood there for a few minutes fueling our cars we're prompted with all this media and marketing activity from nice fancy flat screen tvs on the fueling stations but Reuters is predicting that by 2028, retail media networks are going to be the leading platform for advertising, surpassing any other media channel. And I think that will really support the EV infrastructure rollout because no longer are we stood at a pump for two minutes. We could be there 
five, 10, even 60 minutes. And uh, if there's an opportunity for people to make a lot of money and revenue from showing us ad and marketing content, I think that's only going to support the the revenue models for EVs, which have been largely channeled, challenged up until now in terms of how can you really make the economics work? Yeah, I mean, digital out of home is not a new not a new concept or or, or out of home advertising in the form of billboards and and many others. Now you've got a very captive audience and a, and an arguably an audience at least today an audience that uh, many advertisers would love to get the attention of. So. I think that that's a that's a particularly interesting and it also helps make it more economical for those uh, consumers and businesses that are quote filling up if you will so i think it's a it's an exciting evolution and, and really keen to see how that impacts the business cases for deploying these yeah i think all of this feeds into whether it's on-site whether it's evs i think the next big trend of 2024 will be around supply chains i think Supply chains are being pretty badly impacted, whether that be through the Ukraine war, COVID, um, US-China relations. And I think a lot of that will settle down in 2024. It'll help bring down the prices of a bunch of equipment and services. And it will really support projects to move a lot more quickly because up until now, there's been real challenges around getting some of this infrastructure in a timely manner. Combine that with the fact that Minerals and metals are a key talking point for the energy transition. You know, we need a lot more of these uh, materials to facilitate the development and deployment of energy transition projects. And I would have not predicted this time last year that we'd see ExxonMobil investing in a lithium mine in the US, of which they just announced. And in parallel to that, Chile just uh, declared that it's going to nationalize its lithium industry. And I think this really shows that companies and countries are realizing that the next big superpower opportunities are going to come out of this energy transition and uh, we're going to have competition for resources which will truly kind of reshape our trade our markets our politics and potentially even borders which is kind of crazy and i think a lot of this is going to feed into election discussions i'm blown away dan there's like 70 countries that have elections in 2024 so talk about um this being probably a hyper-focal point for energy sovereignty, country security, uh, it's all going to roll up into that. Yeah, uh, the uh, political landscape for as far as we can we can see in, in human history has largely been driven by access to resources and, and over the past several hundred years, access to energy and the, and the resources related to powering our economies and our world. And, and we're seeing that dynamic shift away from the traditional oil and gas and coal to these other materials, um, and and so making sure that you have safe supplies and 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 reliable supplies of that uh, is particularly interesting. And then ensuring that not only the raw inputs but also the final product. I mean, we're seeing so much of the onshoring, if you will, of battery production here in the U.S. related to the incentives, again, driven by the Inflation Reduction Act. And that was a that was a very strong intention of this of this piece of legislation to bring that manufacturing back and, and help bring some some or, or reduce some of the risk related to, to the supply chain of such a critical element of the energy transition. Yeah, I had actually the pleasure of having dinner the other night with the leadership team of the new lithium geothermal plant that's going into the Salton Sea. And 
you know, talk about innovation and uh, the opportunity for countries like the US to reshore and in-house develop their own uh, critical mineral supply chain. Super exciting. It's good to see the innovation around this space because uh, there's, there's a lot of opportunity. And I think a lot of people overlook the fact that recycling of these mi- minerals and metals are also going to be critical. You know, It's not like we're just burning off a fuel and it's gone. Uh, like, how can we use our fossil fuels more effectively in our products and figure out how to recycle them versus just burning them? And I think the energy transition, minerals and metals discussion really leads to that is uh, we're not going to have to mine these indefinitely. How do we mine what we need and then continue to reuse? So another exciting trend that I think is going to play out, maybe not in 2024, but certainly beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so looking beyond that and looking beyond electric vehicles and and just general electrification outside of energy there's a couple big trends that are that are also related to energy maybe you can share a bit about that yeah and this is a a bit of a personal passion i think the whole web3 and digital transition is super exciting i think if you look at the the innovation cycles that have gone you know for decades you know the last 20 30 years the big innovations have been around enterprise software computing power, cloud computing, social media. The next 20 years, the big macro trends are AI, IoT, and clean tech. And I think factoring into AI and IoT, we're going to see a lot more digitalization of everything we do, which demands more data, demands more computing power, which will all have a knock-on impact on our energy needs. And so I think Dan, you had told me before, data centers already consume 3% of our worldwide energy consumption at least. And if you think we're going to have to build a lot more of them in the future, our energy needs are only going to go up and those things need to be super reliable. So that's going to really play into the whole on-site energy deployment. But yeah, I think a big prediction is crypto is really going to take off in 2024. Um, this is not financial advice. Don't go out and buy Bitcoin on my uh, on my suggestion. But I think Crypto has a lot of tailwinds right now. The market is being becoming regulated, which is now unlocking the ability for banks to provide the ability for us to all buy crypto through ETFs. And so it makes it feel more tangible for people. Meanwhile, Bitcoin is going to go through its one in four year halving event in April of next year. So these are all going to provide more and more growth in that market. And I think uh, we're only going to see the prices really accelerate. But for me, that just unlocks the whole blockchain opportunity for us to figure out how to support businesses to transact in a more secure, more transparent, more traceable way, which is super exciting for the market. Yeah. I I also think back to some of the conversations we've had with particular utilities as it relates to data centers and and one in particular, I won't call out who, but uh, it's an an area that the data centers are popping up very fast here in the U.S., and that they have applications for capacity or applications for service equal to that of the entire capacity of their utility today, which is which is pretty mind blowing. They 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 they've got a ton of industry and manufacturing and and all kinds of other con- load centers within their utility service territory. Yet the applications, the pending applications, are equal to that of the entire capacity of their system. Yeah. So what? What's taken them a hundred years to build? They've now got to figure out how to build in literally years. It's crazy. Exactly, exactly. And think about the strain that that puts on the grid. So 
going back to your initial 2024 prediction 2024 absolutely breakout year for uh for for distributed on-site energy systems given the tailwinds given all the other macro trends super excited to be in the space yeah and i think the 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 last one is you know we all hear the hype around ai and i think it's a super exciting space i'm not sure it's going to filter down to enabling our lives at a personal level at scale yet but certainly in the energy market it's going to provide a lot more advanced analytics it's going to help us automate more tasks we're going to be able to optimize data collection and analysis and this will allow us to design and deploy systems far more efficiently and at scale and i think uh, ai is certainly on a wild ride we need to stay tuned, stay connected, and continue to build it into our product to ensure our customers have the best solutions possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love I love the turning of a year. It gives us an opportunity to reflect and look ahead. And I've learned so much in the, in this past year, and appreciate all of our listeners and the support that we've had, and the challenging questions and. The, the great insights from our guests. So I, I know that as we head into this holiday season, I'm, I'm incredibly thankful and grateful for the opportunity to, to share this, uh, share this experience with you and, and share these insights with our listeners. Yeah, it's been a, a wild ride and, uh, I truly appreciate you and your family and all you do. And, um, thank you to all our customers and partners for another great year. 2024 is going to be absolutely epic. We need to all figure out how to operate more quickly and at scale and make really positive return on investment decisions this has to be a profitable and sustainable transition and yeah it's uh it's good times there's a lot a lot of stuff going on but how are you gonna sort of reflect and refresh before we hit the turbocharge button for the new year yeah thankfully i'm not traveling i'll be i'll be at home which uh which is quite nice with my with my boys and and my wife and and we're gonna get some quiet time and i'm gonna go do a little lego land with the boys it's a it's a nice little surprise i don't think they listen to the podcast yet so i can say that here and then part get some get some me time maybe uh definitely some golf maybe uh maybe get a ride in on the mountain bike and, and get recharged for uh for 2024 how about yourself brilliant the complete opposite of you. There's definitely going to be travel involved. Uh, we're going to drive from San Diego up to Calgary, Canada, and we're going to try and hit a few ski resorts along the way. Hopefully there's some snow between now and then because it's looking pretty barren right now. But yeah, Mel's family is up there in Calgary. We're going to go and hang out with them and we've got a bunch of friends up there. So it'll be nice to connect with those individuals as well as some of our customers who are hanging out up there. So yeah, beer, skiing, family time. It's going to be awesome. Amazing. W- wish, uh, wish I could be with you, but uh, I'll raise a glass and a, and a beer to you here from my uh, the comfort of my couch. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Dan, thank you for an awesome renewable ride. Um, excited for many more together and uh, excited to do a bunch more of these podcast episodes and help educate and build awareness for our community. No doubt. Cheers to a good year. Even better one ahead. Yeah. Game on, let's go. We receive a lot of questions from business leaders around the world wanting to learn more about the energy transition, what is possible and where to start. So to help you stay informed and up to date on best practices, opportunities, risks and success stories, we created an industry news feed at vector.com forward slash news with all our podcasts, blogs and newsletter. 
Check it out and connect with Dan, myself, and the Vector team to learn more. Cheers, and have a good one.